Wow. And just like that, we are live Amazing. with another episode. Yeah, episode, episode 163 oh, of the A2 Show. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Amazing. 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 Today we're joined by uh, Moabes. You want to go uh, ahead and let the world know who you are and what you do? Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, um, I, uh, my name is Muhammad Abbas, or you can call me Mo. I'm a research associate at New York University, Abu Dhabi. And actually, I... Um, uh, like I'm a professional astronomer, so I yes. do research more about mm-hmm. astronomy. And to be more specific, I do research about our home galaxy, the Milky Way. Amazing. So what I, I yeah. So All so right. what I try to do is I try to make uh, better maps for our galaxy to better understand how it was formed. And also I try to, you know, promote uh, astronomical sciences in the MENA region, in the Arab world, uh, to mm-hmm. be more specific. Yeah, yeah, so this is all about me. That's very cool. So that's, that's astronomy, cool. astronomy, astrology. <laughs> What's the difference? That's, that's well, right uh, off the bat. <laughs> Yeah. Well, as astrology is when you want to make so much money. Astronomy <laughs> is when you want to is when you want to make the the scientific the science of uh, okay. of the universe. Mm-hmm. So as, astronomy really is, which is what I do, is when you want to study the physical phenomena beh- uh, around you. Like you want to study the stars, the planets, the sun, uh, the evolution of the universe. You want to answer questions like how did this universe begin? How did it evolve? Maybe why are we here? And so on. So it's more the scientific uh, uh, part of, of this very big umbrella. And astrology, well, you think? Well, well, uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> well, t- to be honest, astronomy mm-hmm. started with astrology, you know. Astrology yeah. is very, <laughs> very <funny>. old. Yeah, <laughs> it's very- yeah. It's a very old science, astrology. Mm-hmm. And uh, astrology is when you want to see how the motion of the planets or the constellations or the uh, appearance of the sky will influence the our everyday lives. And, mm-hmm. you know, some people believe in it, some people don't. But uh, astrologers, <laughs> which one are you? Astrology uh, I, I, I don't believe in astrology. Oh, okay. So a, you're going to stay... Yeah, I always say uh, a bunch of stars out in the night sky in a random position doesn't make me, you know, <laughs> exactly, like angry exactly, all yeah. the time or, you know, like jealous or whatever. They but say. is there any truth so, to it? Is there any truth in like the stars, the way they uh, align to how, you know, uh, scient- scientifically? Look, look or- scientifically speaking, at least for the science that we know of, uh, not really okay but but who who am i to say that no it's not related at all to mm-hmm. our everyday lives because you know the universe is mostly made from dark matter and dark energy and these are things we have no idea about so what i'm trying to say is that there's so many unknowns in the universe who knows that mm-hmm. perhaps there's this kind of connection between us and those stars but not in the way they try to, to, to picture it, like astrologers. Cool. And I just want to say that uh, the reason why astrology lasted so long, uh, one of the reasons is that, uh, you know, the most famous and the most prestigious philosophers and scientists back in the time were astrologers. Because, for example, they were able to predict solar eclipses or lunar yeah. or lunar eclipses. So because they would tell their community that, well, in two weeks, we're going to have a lunar eclipse. And when it really happens, <laughs> you'd be surprised. Like, oh, my God, uh, these funny. people know the, uh, they know the future. <laughs> they so we're going to trust them more and more. Yeah, this is how it really evolved. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, uh, that's actually like it's a lo- it's a huge thing in history with them deceiving the people. Like I don't know if you heard about the Christopher Columbus story. As soon as he reached the the, 
North America. So he reached there. He's like, shit, we're out of supplies. So he goes to the American Indians or the natives and he says, listen, we need you to give us some food. They're like, no. So he goes back to the ship. He's like, how am I going to convince them? He looks up to the stars. He's also an astronomer and he's like, oh, there's an eclipse coming soon. Yeah. He says, if you don't give us food, uh, like my God will be very angry. And the sun <laughs> they're just like, uh, fuck yeah. you, man. We ain't giving you shit. We believe in our own God. He's like, okay, don't say I didn't warn you. Passes like a week, maybe, maybe two weeks. And it happens. And they're like, oh shit. And they go grab all their food and they give it to him. Like he was a dick. Man. Like he did some <laughs> shit. That's funny. Wow. But that actually yeah. happened. So it's pretty cool. So what's well, your I mean, back, in, back in those days, I mean, Columbus used to Wait. like navigate from A to Z just using the stars or those well, people, yeah, yeah. right? They didn't really have yeah. maps or GPSs. And uh, well, can yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Can For we sure. do that I mean, today? <laughs> yeah. Where do you, you want to go? Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Say, say you got lost at sea, right? Yeah. And it's nighttime. How, how would you navigate yourself? Well, well, the first thing you want to know is where's north, where's south, where's east, where's west. So one of the mm -hmm. things you would do is you try to find the North Pole, the Polaris, the Northern Star. Perhaps uh, not many people would be able to locate Polaris these days because we all live in the cities. We're not used yeah. to look at the stars. But remember back in the days, like thousands of years ago or hundreds of years ago, there wasn't so much light pollution. So everyone was more familiar with the stars and with the, with the sky. So most of them really knew where Polaris was and they were able to locate it. It's not very hard to locate it. So the first thing you would do is to look at the Northern Star located. Mm -hmm. So you'd know your North. If you know your North, you would directly know your South. And just by also knowing about other constellations, their shapes and locations in the sky, you would be able to see where's East and where's West. Another way would do just to look where the sun is rising, where it's setting, so you would tell where is uh, east and where is uh, mm -hmm. where is west. So these were the ways, really, uh, how people use the constellations and the stars to locate themselves for navigation and for uh, other purposes, like even harvesting. Like you know, in in the winter you get different constellations than you would do in the summer. This is why we have like the winter constellations versus the summer constellations. So when you have the summer constellations appearing in the sky, you relate this to hot weather. So they would assume that now this, seasons would, this season would be the hot season and vice versa. When you see the uh, winter, winter constellation, mm -hmm. yeah, they would know, okay, it's going to be cold now. And, and this is oh, really... Wow. Yeah, it, it was very, very important for them. Mm -hmm. It really governed their life uh, to some extent, yeah, like the constellations. It was important for them. That's pretty cool. And um, <laughs> because of light pollution now, I guess I can't see him anymore, <laughs> right? Yeah, really is, is this an issue for what of course. For your work? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, big, big issue. We see like most of the telescopes, for example, most of the telescopes I use for my research are located in the desert. They are located in Chile, in, uh, uh, in Arizona, in the US, uh, and even in California at some points. Some of them are located in Africa, in Australia. So you really have to go to very remote places. So if, if I want to go do a follow-up observation, I, can, I couldn't just go to my backyard. I have to go all the way to Chile and you know to the deserts and to observe or to see what uh, I need to see. So yeah, of course it's an issue, big issue. Is it the same constant? This might sound like a stupid question, but is is like if I was in Australia, right? That's very south in the world. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Is the constellation I see in Australia the same as, for example, the one I see in Russia, or is it like completely different based on where you are? Well, it's it's a very good question, actually, and not stupid at all. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, really, like it's a very good question Thank because, you. as you as you have <laughs> said, <laughs> as, as you have said, like uh, in the entire sky, we have eighty eight constellations. Uh, 44 of these constellations appear in the northern part of Earth, so equator and above the equator, northern part of the equator. So people in, in, in Australia would see different constellations than people in Russia, uh, totally different ones. Oh, wow. Maybe some mm-hmm. of them will be in common, but most of them are different. And one cool fact about being in the southern sky, I'm not sure if you've ever been in the southern part of Earth, but there are two small galaxies, okay? I mean, you know, we live in this very large Milky Way galaxy with mm-hmm. hundreds of billions of stars and, and, and so on. But the cool thing is our Milky Way is, you know, it's, it's always starving. It always wants to eat more galaxies. Oh. <laughs> and, and really, and, yeah. and it's, it's happening every single moment as we are speaking. Well, two of these hundreds of galaxies that the Milky Way is eating, can appear with the naked eye from the southern part of Earth. So these are called the SMC and the LMC, the small Magellanic Cloud and the large Magellanic Cloud. You can see them oh. with the naked oh, eye. Oh, wow. Wait, yeah. this, small... what do they look like? Yeah. Uh, I mean, can, what, can you pull up a picture? Let me, let me see. So, small, yeah. what's it called? You can just Google SMC, LMC. SMC, LMC, large Magellanic Cloud. Well, they look, they look like clouds. This is why we call them... Magellanic clouds because they do look like clouds. You wouldn't see much if you are looking with the naked eye, but with a good telescope, it would be very interesting. And these two clouds, actually, in these two small, we call them dwarf galaxies, uh, uh, we have new stars being formed. So it's 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 a nursery for for stars. New stars are being born right there. So where where would they be on this on this beautiful picture right here? What well you can just. Uh, you, you see this uh, image, uh, you cannot just locate like this, but if you go the third row of, of what I see, the third row, you have these two clumps. Yes, this one for, yes, for example. You see these, these two, two kind of look like these two right here. No? Maybe so. Where, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I didn't see that. Yes, yes. Right. These are exactly the SMT. I mean, if you have a nice telescope, you would be able to see them with colors. You could see some of the structures, really, really interesting wow. objects we have in... Uh, in our galaxy so let's let's get down to the really cool part of being a a stro astronomer i almost said astrologist and it's it's (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what happens when a star dies oh well um we have different scenarios when stars die you know the 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 fate of a star really depends on its initial mass so for Mm -hmm. example uh, stars come with different masses and different sizes. Let's focus on masses. Uh, if you have a very, well, if you have an average star, average in mass, if you have an average star like our sun, for example, what it would be doing its entire lifetime, it would be fusing hydrogen to helium. And eventually it will not have any more hydrogen to fuel at its core. So what happens in this case, very briefly, is that it will expand in volume. So it will become a giant star. We call them red giant stars. And after it becomes a red giant star, it will, it will start to pulsate. 
It will throw all the gases away into space, into, into, into the interstellar medium. And what would be left eventually is what we call a white dwarf. And the white dwarf is like the corpse of, of the star. A white dwarf is the central part of the star that was fusing hydrogen to helium. Wow. And, you know, all these gases that would escape from those stars will actually move in space, mix up with other gases from other stars that have died to form newer stars. So oh, it's, wow. it's really, yeah, so it's, it's yeah. a totally recyclable universe. Now, this is the, you know, this is the sweet way of how stars, some of the stars die. They would pulsate, <laughs> they get larger, and then they would throw the gases very peacefully, very nicely. But if you have more massive stars, more massive stars die in a more violent way. So they wouldn't just, you know, uh, inflate and then uh, throw the gases away. They would actually, first of all, they would uh, expand in volume. So they would become super giants. And then they will explode with what we call a supernova explosion. And, supernova. you know, Yes, supernova explosion. And supernova explosion <laughs> is, if you really think, if, if you read the liter literature of astronomy, you will realize that all these names, you know, we give really cool names for different, uh, yeah. uh, different phenomena that is happening in the sky. But when big stars die, they explode with the supernova explosion. And this is the most violent explosions oh, wow. we have in the universe. That's an and after the, even after the explosion, you have two scenarios the star will it will either become a neutron star and this is something very 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 dense made from neutrons mainly or if it was even more massive than you can imagine it will become a black hole and oh, wow. i'm sure yeah i mean this is how black holes are formed by mm -hmm. the by supernova explosions by the death of uh, of stars really, and, really and, cool and our star is which star and our star is uh, how how would uh, we uh, go? <laughs> our our star is the nice type of stars. It's the star okay. of uh, it's an of an average mass. So it's been living for less than five billion years, and it still has five more billion years to live. So this is the good part. But the bad part is when it dies because it will not have more hydrogen to fuse at the core. It will expand, become a red giant, and it will really eat up the inner planets. So it will eat up the first three planets, including Earth. our our poor Earth. <laughs> Earth. Yes, 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 yes. Really? But, but, but we have yeah, 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 yeah. Five oh billion boy. years to go. So <laughs> five billion years, years to go. Uh, I think this is why Elon Musk is really excited about going to Mars All and right, going perfect. to other planets. You, tra you transitioned so, it perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> to, to Mars. yeah. Right. How, how close are we to going, getting to Mars? Mars. Okay. Well, <clears throat> let me see. Well, if you read the news and if you, you know, they claim it will be coming in. Well, let me, well, let me say one thing. We can always send rovers to Mars. This is something that has been happening over the years. Even uh, UAE has, uh, like the UAE Space Agency, they have just sent a rover not to land on Mars, but to take images for oh, the wow. atmosphere of Mars. Yeah, well, yeah. we have many, ro we have few Robots rovers on Mars. On Mars. Mm -hmm. But when will a human being land on Mars? I would say, really, from a very scientific point of view, I would say it will take probably, mm, I would say, 25 years I, I would i would guess that 20 25 years although you might you know find 
people saying maybe 10 years or five years, but this is more for, you know, encouraging people and the US. <laughs> like, really, really. You think Elon it's Musk just, is just kidding when he's like, yeah, yeah, and in, in, in no, five years he'll be on Mars. <laughs> not at all, not at all. I, he actually is very serious. I really respect mm. that man. I really love him. I follow what he does and I like, I respect him so much. But, you know, even, even, even when, when scientists uh, agreed to build a telescope, uh, the first thing they would do, they will be like, okay, in five years, it will be ready. And then in four years, they will, they will be like, okay, we're going to extend it for three more years and then four more years and five more years. So this is more political, really, to get funding, to excite people and so on. It's, it's just how it goes, really. No, it's not easy to send anyone to Mars. Is it true 2020 <laughs> is the closest Mars is going to be for a while? Like, Mars is very close in our constellation now and yeah, yeah. around September and October was like very very close so did you get the chance to see it on the telescope uh well I've seen Mars many many times on the telescope and you know when they tell you like it's gonna be the closest uh, distance to earth and so on well I have to say it's not very interesting even if it was like a few <laughs> thousand kilometers closer because, you know, for people with a telescope, it's not going to be so much different. Maybe it will be, this would be important for people who are sending rovers to Mars or, you know, satellites to Mars. But just, you know, even if it was much, much closer, even when you look at Mars, it will still appear as this bright star. And that's it, really. It's bright so, red dots in the sky. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, 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 and, and you know, it's interesting why it is red. Do you know why it's my Mars is red? Any because idea? they're the sands of Mars is filled with iron, I think. Kind of, yeah, kind of. Because you know, it, 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 always think of iron. Like when iron gets rusty, it gets this uh, uh, red color, and it's kind yeah. of similar. Not I exact, just think of hemoglobin, kind of to be honest. That's that's why. <laughs> well, good. I think uh, that, that's a good comparison. But yeah, it's, it's amazing. They're saying that, okay, so help me clear this out of the park right here. Yeah. They say that if they send a bunch of nuclear bombs to Mars, they can terraform the planet and make it, you know, habitable with oxygen and things like that. Oh, wow. Like this, I heard this somewhere. I just can't remember where, but I, <laughs> I heard it somewhere. I read it on something. <laughs> but honestly, like, is this true or a comment section on YouTube? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just messing. Yeah, but is it true? I I've heard it true. Well, I've heard well, it true. Yeah. Well, okay. Okay. Well, uh, is it true? Well, practically, practically, if you think about it, if you send enough energy to that planet, you might be able to get some kind of an artificial atmosphere and, you know, which will, and then you have to give it so much time. We're talking about millions of years or maybe billions of years until it gets, you know, a very stable atmosphere. Like theoretically speaking, yeah, okay, we can do this. We might be able to come with this, but practically I think this would be impossible really even with all of our technologies today so this is really 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 futuristic uh, idea that might happen <laughs> like you just asked me when are we going to mars and i said the best case in 2025 years so imagine going to mars and making an atmosphere so <laughs> yeah you will have to wait like one one billion years yeah. if if human beings survive you know yeah. even if, even in, in our survive. planet yeah, yeah, if, yeah of course if you survive even in, in our planet we are trying so hard to you know fight global warming 
close the uh, layer, some of the um, opening, some of the holes in the ozone layer, and, and so on. So it's very challenging to mm. save our planet. So how about going to another one and, you know, making yeah. an atmosphere for it? <laughs> yeah, crazy. But, but here's, here's what's crazier. There is this theory of because Mars's atmosphere is all carbon dioxide, that if they plant enough trees and like it might be able to help produce oxygen more oxygen yeah. breathable air around mars so yeah, yeah i i agree i mean again these are theoretical these are things that we can do but they are not practical at all at all <laughs> like why haven't we planted the tree enough trees on earth you know like uh, it would be easier to plant trees here <laughs> but it's just so funny i, I mean I, I, I mean true. i mean the ideas I, the ideas you're saying are really like they are doable let's say but uh, not practical. Who's going to invest in this? Who's going to pay money for this? It, it, I think it costs like uh, to send one kilograms of anything to space, okay, to the space station, not even to Mars. I think I can't remember the number exactly, but I think it costs around, uh, I would say $20,000 or even more, more than that. So, you, you know, it's just yes, not, yeah. practical. How much, not practical. How much does a seed cost? Is not much. I mean, it depends. On, <laughs> like, it depends, depends on, on what kind of seed. Yeah, like a tree, <laughs> like a, an acorn for a tree, for example. I'm pretty sure you can grab around like maybe one dollar. I I don't I don't know. I don't sure. know. Like, I'm sure you can grab a bunch and take them with you. Like, keep them in the astronauts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the astronauts' pocket. You know, as soon as he's there, he's just like, bah, and he pops it in the ground. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but you, you forgot one. You forgot one very important thing, and that would be water, right? I mean, but so, there are ice caps in Mars, aren't there? Like they can melt the ice caps in Mars and use that as no. Is that not a thing? The well, these are all doable ideas, you know. <laughs> but first, let us land on on Mars, you True. know. Like you know what? I, I respect your ideas. I mean, I'm liking this. Like you are. <laughs> Very, very futuristic. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to be the next Elon Musk. <laughs> I see it. But funner. No, there's no way you can be funner than Elon Musk. That guy's amazing. Yeah, he is a character. He's a character. Have you seen his? Have you seen his dance in? I think it was in China, like when he launched something. A dance. He, yeah, he I started see. dancing like an like an alien or so. Have you seen? I'm trying to find that. That's funny. <laughs> It's um I mean this year didn't Tesla just launch someone and brought them back to Earth from the moon yeah, yeah, yeah. or, or yeah, sorry yeah. Well, into space yeah yeah to, to the space station you see SpaceX is doing yeah. an amazing job I always tend you know I always tend to think of uh, SpaceX as you know Uber or Karim but not for <laughs> going to places on Earth but to going to space, space. so what what he did is he uh, he came up with this idea of why why every time you go to space or to you know to be specific to the space station to the international space station we have to lose all of the rocket and it has to be destroyed and so on but anyway he did develop a new a capsule okay the dragon capsule yep. which can take uh, uh, you know, supplies and astronauts all the way to the space station, and it can also bring them back. Oh, and, wow. and and this year he was able to do this. Did you watch the live stream? Did you watch it? <laughs> I did. I did. I watched I, it. I watched it yeah, too. Yeah. It was amazing. Awesome. awesome. It was really cool. I got the dance. If you guys want to watch the Elon Musk yeah, dance, yeah. you know, <laughs> like I, I'm interested in this. Here, let's check it out. Right and left. Yeah, yeah. This one. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
That's so funny. This is Elon Musk, okay? He's like this multi-billionaire guy. <laughs> this is the guy that's beating NASA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right here. Like, well, 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 NASA, NASA is supporting uh, Elon Musk, you know? They didn't before. You know why they're supporting him now? Because with or without their support, he's going to win the space race. Like, so they're like, you know what? We can't beat him. Let's just support him. There's nothing we sure. can do, really. And you know one thing about, I mean, he's saving them so much money. At least he will save them so much money. Because every time uh, NASA has to send astronauts to space, they go with, uh, with the Russians, you know, with the Soyuz capsule all the way to the space station. Mm -hmm. But it's the first time since, I think, 20 years that uh, a U.S.-built rocket is taking uh, an astronaut to space. And this wow. is really the very important part. And in, in the Soyuz, in the Russian Soyuz, it can take up to three people, three astronauts, but in the uh, in the capsule that SpaceX is developing and it has already developed, they can take up to five astronauts. Five. So wow, this is wow. big, yeah, and much yeah. like with much less cost. This is the important yeah. part. So to people who don't really understand all this uh, space talk, uh, like why is it important to go from three to five? How is this like important or? amazing because like i kind of understand but not really so i mean wow. you just have you just have more capacity like let's say you have one car and it and it fits uh two people and you want to take four people to that specific location so that car has to go you know back and forth four times well if you have one big car which would take four people you can just you know take uh back uh, and trip. forth trip like two times exactly so you're just saving so much energy so much time it's more safe and, and so on you just have more capacity to mm -hmm. carry more stuff you will save fuel you will save equipment you will save uh hydrogen fuel and and, and so many things it's oh, just wow. more practical yeah i mean and if you want to send some yeah, yeah of course and, and going back and forth so many times of, yeah of course of course mm -hmm. of course yeah i mean mm -hmm. if you want to send uh, some if you want to send astronauts to mars i mean you should send few of them not only one or two and this is uh this plays a major role in in the development of uh, do you want to go to space do you want to go to me? space yeah yeah I'm I mean, if if you get me a ticket right now, I go like <laughs> with, with no fear at all. You know, you know one thing. Actually, I I I, I was in the astronaut program, which was uh, moderated by uh, Chris Hatfield. I don't know if you. Of course, I know who he is. He's the Canadian yeah. astronaut. Yeah, yeah, he's one of the best. Actually, he's one of the best, and he's a very tough nice uh educated intelligent man like i've had the privilege really to be in that program and we were in the uae for like i think it was like four weeks and then we went to russia for like three or four weeks to star city and we had to go with these trainings with these tests with these challenges all under the you know like chris hadfield was observing us like and we had so many challenges one of them for example oh God, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah well there was so many like uh, one of them yeah for example one of them they sent us to this uh soyuz capsule the real soyuz capsule where real astronauts would train and there were so many buttons in front of us like hundreds of buttons all in <laughs> russian yeah all, all in, in russian, russian. <laughs> and they will simulate different scenarios like at some point they will throw some smoke and we have to follow the instructions and do what they tell us at mm -hmm. some point uh, here in dubai for example 
they put us in, you know, in a capsule also. We went underwater and then the capsule rotated 360 and we had to escape and follow the instructions. And then when we escaped, there was Chris Hatfield asking us like, what happened? <laughs> Tell me, give me a report of what happened. So it was really, really a great, great experience. It's called The Astronauts. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah, amazing, amazing okay. uh, experience. Ali, you know who Chris Hatfield is. You just don't know what his name is. This is him right here. Oh, I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, very awesome. famous, very awesome guy. I mean, I, I, I I'm so happy I, I even met this guy. Like yeah, not only met, like, but you met a guy who actually went to space and lived in the ISS. Yeah, yeah. Like it's <laughs> yeah, amazing. Yeah. But well, how well, I'm, I'm. I met few astronauts actually, mm. and uh, like I have some of them. I'm, you know, in a good connection with them. I invite them sometimes to where I work to give talks, inspiration talks, and so on. But with Chris Hadfield, it was different because we actually had I had to do some work, not only just sit and chat. I'm like, oh, tell me about your experience and so on. Like he was yeah. very serious man, and you know, do this, do that, and, <laughs> and that's it. And goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> Yeah. There you go. But it, it's it's amazing because like space is something. I think it's it's the final frontier, right? This is oh. like we're done. We explored everything yeah. on Earth. Yeah. All that's left now is like literally the skies, right? The next, the next frontier. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. It's not the next. It's it's the final frontier. Like that's it. It's just space, yep. and we're done. Like yeah. We I mean, close the where, where, where else would you go? Yeah. Where else would you go? Like, there's nowhere else. <laughs> so, but yeah. How how has how has this field of work humbled you? Because I know it's a very humbling experience yeah. to actually sit and you know like look at the stars in the sky. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I see this with also the people who work with me. You know, in different places, even in the US or in Europe and so on. What you realize is once you start getting to know more and more about astronomy or even science in general actually you get to know that like this is really a complicated uh, you know life is very complicated the mechanisms of life uh, they are very complicated and uh, the more you go deeper with science with quantum physics with astronomy uh, with the universe with the concepts of time and so on you realize that many many of the things that people really care about these days do not really matter in reality you know because because you're going you're going so far with your thoughts you're going so far with reality you're trying to find how the universe started and you start looking at life from from a different perspective from a different point of view so you know it calms you in in some point in some parts of your life it gives you you know this uh, chilly uh uh, feeling like okay you don't care much about uh you know what most people care about let's let's yes <laughs> put it in that sense but at the same time i have to be honest sometimes it, it can be annoying like sometimes <laughs> i even yeah i mean, mean i mean some like you know if you if if you go so deep in some topics sometimes I don't want to say you lose it, but sometimes you stop enjoying what you should mm. be enjoying, wow. you know, at some point. And I know some people, my, some of my colleagues, like, like they really, you know, they are, I would say, they, they, they're not sociable at all. Let's, let's call it like that. Existential and crisis, maybe? At, at some point, at some point, yes. And wow. like, 
this this is this all doesn't matter and so on but not all of us of course are like that like I mean, i'm not that you. you're, you're happy and you're laughing yeah. that's great <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well this is what you see right <laughs> but, i guess uh, for sure for sure you, you, you have to do no i i am a happy person but you, you have to do the balance you, you have to do the balance definitely. well what i love about like space specific and what i love about elon musk specifically is that his goals are so like big and huge as you say that like the, the little things around us don't really bother him that much is like even COVID or something that was pretty big for all of us but for him he's like i gotta get back <laughs> to building more cars and building more rockets and because he has this idea that we need to get there by yeah, this that's time all, yeah that's all yeah. he thinks about so it is kind of ins- inspiring yeah to think of Definitely. like to do that uh what's what's the next uh, are there any other planets that are hab- habitable for us in this like milky way Oh, uh, well, if there would be somewhere that we would go to, it would be Mars for now. It would be Mars. All, most of the other planets have, you know, have problems. Uh, perhaps some of Jupiter's... Uh, moons. Or, or, or Saturn's, yes, exactly, moons. I, 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 would, I would never say they are habitable, but they are more habitable than any of the other planets we have in, in the solar system. Like if you go to Mercury, it's too hot for you because it's so close to the sun. <laughs> yeah. If you go to Saturn or Jupiter, it's well, you, yeah, it's just gas. <laughs> like you cannot land anywhere. You will be crushed. So maybe you go to Enceladus. Enceladus, for example, is interesting because recently it has been found, well, it has we think that it is made for, it has so much water in it because they were they were, they discovered those uh, gases of methane and you know methane is usually there when you have uh, some kind of bacterial life at the oh, core wow. of of the sea you, you know one interesting uh, one interesting fact related to that is mm-hmm. our atmosphere like have you ever asked yourself how our atmosphere was you know created any idea Lots and lots of volcanoes. That's that's all I know. Okay, part of it, I agree with that. And the other part would be farts, you know, as simple as it is. And, and it would be farts of bacteria. Really? Wait, like, like actually, like... Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's why I'm and this breathing is the... bacteria fart, boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At some point, yeah, because you know, bacteria, b- bacteria. I mean, I mean, I mean, the our atmosphere is uh, composed of different uh, molecules and gases and so on. And parts of these gases, uh, for example, were created by bacteria. Bacteria usually, some of the bacteria usually live at, uh, you know, at the core of the oceans. So at the rocks at the core of the oceans. And when they live at that point, you know, they eat, they have to eat and then they have to fart. And when they fart, all these gases will come up all the way to the surface of the ocean and then they will go up and then they got stuck in our atmosphere. So you have to give it millions and billions of years for you to have a stable atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So part of our life is, you know, we, we should be grateful for bacteria for everything farts. around them. Yeah, yeah, grateful so for you, Mo. what do you mean (laughs) it's already there now i was born after i was born after yeah Yeah, i just realized (laughs) no but uh uh, these these bacteria that you were talking about so they're i i read that they were chemotrophs which means they eat chemicals Mm -hmm. but where do they get the chemicals from are you talking about the bacteria in Enceladus or? Yeah, no, no, no. The you... ones that are, that made our atmosphere. Yeah, well, honestly, I'm not so sure. I'm not uh, specifically sure about right, what they, 
either. Let's let's leave the tiny stuff and let's go back to the macro scale. <laughs> oh wow! Science of the uh, UFOs. Yeah. UFOs, <laughs> man. Do you right, believe well, in them? Do we? Do you believe? All right. Yes. No. <laughs> well, can can, uh, can can you give me a definition of UFO? Okay, what alien life form on di from different planet. Well, no, unidentified flying objects. That was, that's what UFO is. Yeah. Well, yes. well uh, right. This is the acronyms of uh, uh, of UFO. But here's the thing. Uh, the question is: Is there life out there? Okay, any sort of life, like mm -hmm. bacterial life, viral life, other sorts of life that we never thought about. The answer is most probably yes. Have you ever found it? Have you ever detected any sorts of life out there? The answer is no, we have oh, not. Oh, wow. Okay. Statistically, speak statistically speaking, our Milky Way has 100 billions of stars. And around every star, you have planets. This is a fact. And in the universe that we live in, it is made from 100 billions of galaxies. So 100 billions of galaxies. In each galaxy, 100 billions of stars. Around every star, you have planets and moons and so on. So the probability that uh, that there might be some sort of life out there is very high, okay? But we have never detected it for many, many reasons. And this is why we cannot say, yes, there's life. Now, do I believe in aliens on Earth, the green creatures coming and, you know, doing what they have to do, controlling the world and, you know, all these <laughs> theories? Yes. Not at all. Like, I have okay. zero confidence in this and... <laughs> not even debatable no don't even debate with me about debatable. this you know <laughs> i'll just leave this you know what i believe i said this before this is my personal belief i think that there are humanoid aliens out among there us? right mm -hmm. not necessarily among us i think that they the, the fact that they reached us they probably saw what they saw they didn't like what they saw they're like wow these guys are idiots and they left right because if they were able to come to us before we came, like before we went to them, that's already proof that they're much, much advanced and much more like intelligent than we are. Because of course, yeah. we're struggling. We went to the moon once and we're struggling to go there again. They've traveled for light years and light years, right? Just to come yeah. to us. Like, yeah. yeah. So it's I mean, if, crazy. If, yeah, what you said is very, you know, to the point. If they were able to reach us, actually, so they are really, really advanced because they mm -hmm. have the techniques to tra travel light years. And this is something we're not going to achieve anytime soon, of course. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it's an opinion. I respect it. Uh, possible, statistically speaking, mathematically, uh, scientifically speaking, uh, very, very high possible. I mean, oh, wow. of course, like, yeah. I'm, I'm very certain that there are aliens <laughs> like that. That's how uh, there might not be. There's like a 2% chance of doubt that oh. I have, but 98% I, I think because sure, it's impossible. I think whoever finds life, I think whoever finds life outside of Earth is going to win whatever Nobel Prize or something. It's going to be the it's, biggest thing that transforms everything. He's yeah. going yeah. yeah. to be like the first yeah. human ambassador. Yeah. To another planet yeah. like it's gonna be that he finds like a bacteria or something what is like no. the what are like the other things that like we need to do to discover more or like what are other goals you have to learn about about the earth about the milky way well the, the, there's so many things we don't understand you know mm -hmm. if, if you want to talk by numbers uh 
the universe, if you ask a simple question, what is the universe made from? It's actually made from dark matter, dark energy, and what mm-hmm. we call bario- baryonic matter. Baryonic matter is, you know, everything made from the periodic table. So everything around us, uh, this laptop, the screen, this camera, the stars, the planets, the moon, uh, the asteroids, everything you can think of are baryonic matter. Now, the, the weird thing is that baryonic matter only makes 5% of the universe. And the rest, 95% of the universe is dark energy, dark matter. And these two uh, entities, we have really, I don't want to say we don't have no idea about, but really, really, we, we don't know what they are. We know that they are there. They are there. We know they are 95% of the universe. And we know that we cannot see them. We cannot detect them. We cannot tell what they are. So most of the researchers around the world in astronomy, in science, and all this technology is all for that five baryonic, 5% of baryonic matter. So I think there's a lot and lot that are yet to be discovered with dark energy and dark matter. And you know, if you were to discover and if you would answer the question of dark energy and dark matter, that would be uh, worth a Nobel Prize for sure. Like people are waiting for that discovery because it will change our understanding of, of the universe uh, as a whole. Wow. Another thing, wow. another thing we are really struggling in, well, most people, you know, don't get this, but think about this, you know, if, if, you, if you recall from school, we have these different laws, electricity and magnetism, uh, force of gravity, uh, when you bring two magnets together, you know how they repel or attract each other. No, all these forces, we give each force a different equation. People are struggling. I mean, astronomers are struggling to find one equation which will which would solve all of our problems <laughs> instead of you know saying oh, okay so two planets are orbiting each other let me see what's in between them okay it's the force of gravity okay so this is the force between two magnets so i'm, I'm gonna go for electromagnetic forces and so on weak forces uh, strong forces and so on yeah but we are struggling in finding the absolute truth of all of our nature uh, by giving one equation that would solve all of our problems. Oh, wow. if, you've ever, if you've ever heard of string theory, it is uh, <laughs> yes. it's been it's been trying. We did an episode st- about string theory recently. Really? With, uh, I mean, yeah. Abu Brahim, Yeah, check that out. Link in bio. Awesome. But, I yeah. will. I will. Yes. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. But is string theory a waste of time, or is it not? Did he say that? So he's literally working on that. I don't think he's gonna think it's a waste of time if he's spending well, because... most of it on that. Well, it, well, let me tell you the truth. It is a waste of time. Go for it. What do you think that? Sorry yeah, for, you... No, no, no. Actually, no. actually, actually, actually not. Actually not. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a very smart approach uh, that is trying to help us in solving this issue. But I would have to say that in the past 20 years, it hasn't been uh, able to do so or even you know, sometimes it gets closer and then everything, you know, they find something new and then it blows up again. So they go back five years backwards and so on. I mean, it's a very smart approach. I always follow what string theorists are doing. Uh, I even did, a, a, I actually did a, uh, a presentation, like a talk, a uh, big, big talk about string theory because I wanted to deliver it in the simplest way to the public. And I wanted to explain to them how what string theory is all about and how 
you know, you know, because with string theory, you cannot solve the issue that I have just mentioned, like getting yeah. this one super equation mm -hmm. by assuming that we live in a in a four dimensional world. You have to assume that we live in twelve dimensional world. Oh wow! <laughs> and just the fact that you are telling people, well, for us to have the answer, we you need to think of twelve dimensional world. I mean. Just that thought is yeah. very scary and intriguing. That's funny. <laughs> I mean, it's very scary. Not gonna lie, like twelve different yeah, yeah, dimensions. Yeah. So okay, help, help, help these two idiots understand what like <laughs> dimensions are, or so how, like, yes, yeah, like what. Actually, actually, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, uh, you should you should take it level by level. Okay, I'll, 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 I will give you an example. Uh, adopted from Neil Tyson, all right? So he gives this very, very nice, simple example. If, if so you are in Kuwait now, right? Mm -hmm. So if you give me your address, you would tell me I live in that building at the fifth floor. So that would be three dimensions, X, Y, I would locate where you are on the planet Earth. And then the Z direction is going upwards, right? If you would like the second floor or the fourth floor or whatever. But if you tell me, just meet me in that uh, position, I cannot really meet you because I need to ask you one more question. What time should I meet you there, right? So this is where the fourth dimension is presented. Oh, wow. And so somehow, somehow our lives and our experiences and life itself is governed not by three dimensions, but by four dimensions. And that would be the three dimensions of space, just this is to locate you, and the one dimension of time. Now, uh, with, with, with Sphinx theory, you have to go with higher dimensions. And one of the reasons why they think there are higher dimension is, for example, gravity. You see, gravity should have been very, very strong force. Like the forces between the planets should be much stronger than we than it is today. Mm. We think, or string theorists think, that uh, most of the uh, of the forces, the energies of these forces of the force of gravity, actually leak to the other dimensions that we cannot see. Oh, uh, yeah, and and you know. I could try to explain <laughs> this to you, but, but yes. no, it's very interesting, but it, it will take some time. Like I could take you from, you know, from one dimension all the way to the 12 dimension. Think right. of, think I think of we have time, don't we? <clears throat> we think, 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 yeah. think of the dot, you know, the dot, this little dot is zero dimensional. Okay. Yeah. If you, if you put two dots together and you connect them with a line, you have one dimensional line bounded by two zero dimensional points now if you move from a straight line to a square you would do a a, a two-dimensional shape a two-dimensional shape which is bound by four one-dimensional lines now if if you move to a uh, to a cube for example this would be three-dimensional shape which is bound by six two-dimensional uh, shapes etc so you can move up and up but but we are three-dimensional creatures, so our brains cannot conceive any extra dimensions. But the good thing is mathematics, okay, the language, mathematics is a language. And although humans cannot conceive or think of a fifth or a sixth or a tenth dimension, mathematics can actually access those extra dimensions. And this is what string theorists do. They try to access those dimensions 
using mathematics. <laughs> you, this yes, is crazy. But the, th- the thing but, is, okay, okay. Yes, I, I just, I just want to add one thing, just you know, to ground this, to ground this thing. Okay, uh, there has been experiments uh, being done at the Large Hadron Collider uh, in Europe. So here's the thing. By the law of physics, okay, by the law of nature, the energy is always conserved, okay? So if you have two particles and you collide them, the energy before collision should be equal to the energy after the collision. What they did at the LHC is that they accelerated some particles and they collided them, and they wanted to see if the energy before collision is equal to the energy after collision. And weirdly enough, the energy after was slightly less than the energy before. Mm. And this was one of the, I wouldn't say proofs, one of the indications that might lead us to believe that there could be extra dimensions and that this extra or this missing energy has Went leaked to a different to the, dimension into a different exactly. whoa oh, yeah. my yeah. head yeah, is yeah, about yeah. to yeah. dude <laughs> yes. mind-blowing mind yeah, yeah like yeah, mind blown. they're supposed to have equal energies all of a sudden no they don't like it's a little bit less after where's that energy going <laughs> couldn't wait, but couldn't it be in the form of heat or maybe friction or everything is taken care of, everything is calculated, you know, oh, wow. everything is calculated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this <laughs> this takes me back to why I told you gravity should be stronger than it is. Why is it so weak? Why is gravity a weak force? Because not because we think <laughs> it goes think. to those uh hidden dimensions, you know, and uh, yeah, it's it's a very big thing, it's a very big thing, it's very interesting. <laughs> Wow. All right. Amazing. Okay. Last, last, last question. Last question before we wrap up. (laughs) While studying what you do, which fact humbled you the most in all of space and the universe and everything Mm -hmm. that you've studied and learned? Which fact humbled you the most? Honestly, it might sound, uh, you know, very, uh, uh, it might not sound like the most interesting. But for me, from a personal experience, the first time I pointed the telescope to the sky, I pointed it to a very bright star. And I had no idea what that star was. And once I looked at the telescope, they were Jupiter, okay? And I remember that moment, it's like someone slapped me on my face and he was like, okay, this- Oh, yes. Well, there is a lot of editing. Let me tell you that. <laughs> wow. yes. And you edit it yourself? Like, pardon? You, you edit it yourself? Or? Yes, yes. Okay. Oh, cool. I, I do all the work. Uh, except for the recent videos with the Libyan culture, I got a lot of help with the Libyan uh, uh, ladies around in Guelph. Okay. And I'm very grateful for them. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to put out this content uh, by myself. I see. Just the, the sorry, you said the Libyan like clothes. That that one. Which video? Yeah, the Libyan costumes, the the Libyan tea, uh, the Libya the Libyan Lala Lala Libya. Uh, how the we set up the tea and we do we do and everything else. And we have more more videos coming. Uh, that, that yeah, check like them that. out. Link in bio.